Well, sincere apologies for that uh, brief technical challenge there. And the one was calling down this Pitaneo, but uh, no, nonetheless, uh, we continue and we go into our big stories of the day. And Snesi Pomaninja joins me on the line, a CA independent market commentator and analyst, uh, to take a look at the big stories. Snesi, good evening to you and welcome. Um, evening, Aya. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Well, thank you. Can't complain. Thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Nesiba, I want us to maybe start off there with that KPMG story. Um, and uh, I guess some interesting remarks that are coming through from the chairperson there, Professor Wiseman Gosu, uh, about, uh, I guess, uh, this aimed at uh, being a, a signal uh, to uh, build the credibility, I guess, and uh, even confidence in the KPMG brand. Mm, yeah, no, I, I, I saw the announcement. Like, I think I reiterate some of the my calls earlier, which is too little, too late. Um, for me, it, it, we've always known that providing consulting and um, audit, audit services to the same client creates inherent conflict. And post the scandal, specifically ZBS, as well as the scandals with um, the Guptas, it's it, 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 it's one of those things. It's one of those things where it's just, it's just been too little, too late, and it doesn't address the core issue, which has been the independence of auditors and their ability to act as a watchdog against their own clients. Mm, mm. So, so I mean, I guess Snesipo, the the other dimension to this for people who might not be familiar with it. I mean, what effectively is being proposed here and for, for an entity like KPMG, which has been providing audit and consulting services to some of their listed clients, how much of a, I guess, um, you know, a cash knock uh, are they anticipated to take here? Uh, it's not really a cash knock. So basically what they've decided to do, um, they just said they won't be able to do, uh, KPMG SA won't be able to offer consulting services to JC listed companies. That's all they said. They didn't talk about unlisted so the consultancy division is not shutting down. It's still going to operate. Mm. In the absence of, um, if you look at the profitability margins for the services you provide, um, auditing has the lowest value because no one respects auditing and statutory function. Consulting has nicer margins in that you're able to, 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 to charge more, to charge sure, more. Sure. So for me, they're going to have to make up the revenue somehow. They they don't intend on closing down the division. They just said that we won't service mm. this specific type of client, meaning that you'll find them quite going to aggressively market to public sector. Um, mm. And the unlisted as, space. Yes, because public sector and move away from the listed space, and you'll find them try to uh, move to more SME, SME type consulting, smaller entities type consulting. Mm and also move towards, like I said before, public sector. And that's also one of the reasons why the announcement was made was a lot of PR. They're not the first ones to this. Deloitte announced it as well, that they will not be mm. doing it. PwC have said that they didn't try and move away from it. So it's EY. So they're not really the first. They're the first within their network, but not the first in the country because sure, this has been sure. recognized as a very big conflict of interest. And remember, KPMG, as I always like to tell people, they're for the former Arthur Anderson. So, mm. 
Udala mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. the Udala, so the taint and it's, yeah. You're saying that in the context of Enron, right? Yes. Uh, for, for some of our listeners who might not be familiar, as uh, we're making reference there to the role of the uh, firm that was known as Arthur Anderson in what was called the Enron scandal. And uh, we're certainly not going to take too much time on that, so I encourage you to go and check that out. Uh, but uh, uh, please, Nesbo, please continue with your point. Yes, so for me, this is for me, and that scandal was over 15 years ago. For you to understand, a lot of these issues keep on coming up. For me, an audit firm should not offer consulting as a concept. As a concept. It's just that consulting is very, it's highly lucrative. Mm. Highly, highly, highly lucrative. Which of the tensions, Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Remember, they're very, they're very clear. They won't offer it to their clients who are JSC listed. They don't mm. mean they're not going to offer it to other JSC listed clients, which they're not the auditors on. Yes, yes, yes Very yes. clear. So this, uh, and I think that's an important distinction, that this doesn't mean that they're packing up shop for their advisory business, but it effectively means that you know they're not going to be double-dipping when it comes to some of their clients in the listed space. Uh, but let's shift our attention, Snesipo, and, and stay within the financial services sector. Interesting trading uh, update coming through from uh, uh, Momentum Metropolitan Holdings, or I guess, you know, uh, um, a lot that they call themselves. But that being said, what do you make of, uh, I guess, all of the provisions um, and and some of the modeling that uh, has gone into uh, putting some of those provisions in place and and the implications that that has had on the trading update that uh, Momentum put out? Yes. So I think I'm just going to just take you back. I think this time last year, I don't think anyone could have predicted impact COVID would have. Sure, sure. So so remember, their year end is, is, is June. So you have to understand, at the time of sight, at the time of sight, they were work. I think we all thought that COVID was going to be here for a couple of months. And a year later, I think we now realize that this is going to be with us for a couple of years at least. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they've had to revise a lot of their COVID, they had COVID provisions. But remember, look at Momentum's business model, Momentum uh, MMI's business model. You have the insurance leg. It gets heavily affected by um, those who have been retrenchments and they've been higher claims on some mm. of the insurance, specifically the debt. You also have the hospitality as You've also got the medical aid. And then you have the investment firm. So investment firm, as people are getting retrenched, people are withdrawing. Um, medical aid, again, people are just not paying premiums <laughs> because they're unable to. Because remember, they've, a very, they've got a very, very tight relationship with the minute someone gets unemployed, the first thing they cut is medical aid. Your insurance is literally the first thing they cut. So they said that they've had to increase their COVID reserves um, by, uh, by 850 million rand based on their updated modeling. Now, like... The thing is that when you're forecasting, specifically insurance, because remember, insurance essentially is your asset uh, management liability modeling. I'm taking you uh, back to your uh, eco's math days. <laughs> so, so I, I certainly don't miss some of those days. I, I they, can tell so you that. taking you back to those days. <laughs> so when they, when with more information, you you're able to change your modeling because you now have better sure, quality sure. of input, better quality uh, of input. You know how things are going to look. To work, and now that you've got a vaccine, you've got sort of a timeline, and you've got a timeline on when this black swan event is going to um, to, to finish. And 
a big thing as well as they also, one of the things that happened to them was, um, which also impacted their earnings, was um, the finance costs related to the preference share, uh, preference share mm. as well as the BBE costs, as well as the elimination of treasury shares. So they also had that factor, but that's, um, I, I like to call those non-cash items. Sure, non-cash sure, sure. items. Just, I guess. But, yeah. Mm. But yeah, so but yeah, they uh, for me, I think that yeah, it's one of those things we're going to see unfold when the other big insurance houses also um, do their reporting. You've got Sunlam coming up, you've got Liberty yeah, yeah. Standard coming up. You should see a similar um, trend, and it, it, it is what it is. It literally is what mm-hmm. it is. Um, sure, they, sure. They it's can't nice yeah, I mean, I guess. I, yeah, I guess that there's, um, you know, considerable amount of vulnerability that the insurance sector finds itself in. Um, and uh, certainly to your point that uh, I guess uh, the comparison might make for interesting reading uh, when some of the other results come out. I want us to quickly take a look at the retail sector. Now, ShopRite came out with an operational update today. And of course, um, I think for around 79 days in the last six months, uh, the liquor business hasn't been able to operate due to the hard lockdown. They've also, uh, I guess, uh, you know, taken a beating in some of the... Um, uh, other markets outside of South Africa, uh, places like Zambia, Nigeria, and many other places. Um, but it seems, I guess, the South African um, sort of the mainstay of their business, which are the supermarkets here in South Africa, uh, putting out a good showing, especially some of those on the upper end of the marketplace. Mm. Um, so, um, so shoppers, when you say trading update, I think you did mention. Remember, they are exiting uh, Nigeria. They are exiting Nigeria. Yes, Maybe indeed. Yeah. Due to the it's not a sales issue. It's more to do with the current devaluation, political risk, and that devaluation hit quite hard because it also hit them in their Angolian operations. Now, mm. what was very critical is that although they had all these events happen, they were still able to grow their sales. What they have said is that they're looking to, uh, from a priority perspective, look to focus more on the premium market, i.e. Um, take a bit of Woolies money, because they see that as sort of their next growth uh, node. And the reason why I say growth, I call it a growth node, is that when someone, your competitor um, enters a space and they do well, it just it proves market. So as it stands right now, no one, it sounds evil when you say it like out loud, but no one is touching Woolies foods right now in the upper class world. No one. So... They're looking to um, attract that market and, and sort of specialize mm. in, in in capturing some of that market share. Because if you look at, because remember Woolies reported results two weeks ago because we did discuss it. They were reporting double digits. So you yeah, see ShopRite Shop mm. is doing about 5 6%. Their internal inflation is around 4.5%. So you could say it's about, whereas Woolies food is doing double digits in a downturn mm. economy. But, but, Snesipo, Snesipo, but, but, but if you compare like for like, so if you take checkers, for instance, as that uh, upper end segment, uh, they also hit double digits, um, probably not hitting double digits for you, save on the bottom end of, of the spectrum. But uh, yeah. surely that comparison can be made between Woolworths and maybe some of the more top end parts of uh, the ShopRite stable, checkers in particular. No, it can be. It can be. Because the thing is, I remember business is driven by where your growth nodes are. So, the upper market is growing. Other people are getting poorer, but other people are also yeah, getting that's sixty. It's that app. It's that app that delivers all that, you know, high I end stuff to your home. I, 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 I personally 
don't shop. I think I think it has to do with that app, man. No, it actually hasn't. I'll tell you why. Checkers sixty still only contributes. Last time I checked, around one or two percent of checkers sales. Not even Shoprite checkers. It's 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 a decimal point. Mm-mm. Hear my point. I'm not saying that it's the sales through the app. I'm saying the the app itself as a place where people potentially see what is on offer at checkers might have contributed to driving some of the appetite or the desire, I guess, to, to be shopping mm. at that upper end. Yeah. But the other yeah. question I want to ask you when I, when I is, is around some of the other franchises. I mean, you know, these are the guys who in 97 bought, you know, OK Bazaars, no Hyperama for one rand. Uh, and it seems that, I mean, you, you see a few of these OKs popping up from time to time. They, they've invested in the store footprint of that. Um, and I'm quite interested, I guess, in, in how well that is done. So if you look at, um, so it's, 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 the results, the trading update was just a, a mixed bag, was, was very much a mixed bag of, uh, news. So like I did, like I did say, um, what was very interesting is that OK Furniture increased double digits. It plays mm-hmm. the same thing we discussed the other week when we were discussing Ital Tile mm-hmm. and the fact yeah. that people, and builders warehouse, the fact that people are renovating. So, renovating so that's and they're paying cash it seems eh? in cash people are paying cash i was like mm. pull up Leman. <laughs> pull up Leman. Um, but also the fact that they they closed some of their stores so it just shows that they did very 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 well um a big thing was the computer ticket of course uh went down yeah the franchise division went up by eight percent but eight percent but that's in spite of the um, the liquor lockdown. So if you were to normalize it and um, take in consideration the effect of uh, liquor, you probably were looking at a, a, a double-digit growth in the franchise division, um, double-digit growth in the franchise division. And, you know, it, 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 like I said, it, 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 they've got different nodes of their results. They have different nodes of their results. Mm. And, and, and in all honesty, our OIG left any ship. <laughs> like I can't even, you can't even hate on it. You really, really can't even. Yeah, hate you can't on even it. call it a steady ship. I mean, it's a, it's a serious lux liner of a business. Uh, liner, um, like you can't even. I lux liner of a business, Liana. Yeah, that's Nancy, but before I let you go, but unfortunately we have run out of time. I, w- I just want your brief comments on uh, this question around U.S. trade policy, and where South Africa fits into the designs of Joe Biden. Some interesting remarks from the, the Director General at the DTI line on October. Um, saying, you know, they don't want to negotiate a bilateral, uh, much like Kenya has uh, in recent times with the with the new U.S. Uh, administration. What they'd like is a continuation of the benefits that give South African produced goods preferential access to the U.S. market. Yes, remember Iagoba when we got those crappy chickens? Remember those? Can't use those words here. Don't use those words here. Don't use those chickens. No, that's, that's how I remember it. So... Uh, I think we, I think from um, besides the chickens, besides the chickens, besides the chickens, the the transaction itself, the trade deal, I think for us, we want to remain, we want things to remain the status quo. But sure. with a new administration coming in, that's also the thing, with a new administration coming in, granted it's the same administration, it's a democratic administration, mm. which is when the initial trade deal was concluded. Yes. So we want to keep the things as status quo. But as you know, America, there's been a big, 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 big um, push, specifically in America, to 
on an American first agenda, and we just mm. don't know, and we just don't know. And part of, as much as we may dislike the USA every now and then, you, you've got to think they are $17.8 sure. billion dollar worth of trade. And, yeah. it, this is so unfortunate. We, we're going to have to leave it here. But uh, certainly a big story there coming out of the US. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, perfect.